0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWave Network.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet Talk Radio. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh.
1: So exciting to be with you in this beautiful April of 2013. There are so many exciting things going on and I'm going to share some of those with you in just a few moments uh, before we get to my amazing, wonderful guest who has just hit uh, bestseller status in three categories, so I can't wait to share him with you. Uh, I wanted to let you know that I have proceeded and am enjoying and sharing a daily online video diary, so definitely join me on YouTube or on social media, Simran Singh 1111. You can follow that daily diary, and it will allow you to see... The journey that I'm about to take, some of the big steps, and a huge, big reveal that is going to take place in just a few days of diving into the unknown. and It's so interesting that my guest today did very much the same thing in terms of diving into the unknown, so the timing is perfect here. Definitely also connect with 1111 Magazine. That is my free gift to humanity. And you can have a free lifetime subscription. Just visit 1111mag.com. And there are some fabulous interviews with Christina Rillo, Gabrielle Bernstein, Kaya uh, Barry Goldstein, so many people in the current issue and the archived issue, so definitely take a peek at that. And my guest will be featured in an upcoming issue as well. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Jake Ducey. He is one man with one mission. And when Jake Ducey left behind the predictable life of a troubled teen, he took a risk that most of us rarely take, one that our heart beckons us to follow, but oftentimes we won't follow it. His profound spiritual journey around the world and his ultimate transformation will rekindle your belief in yourself, the beauty of humanity, and remind you that joy is a gift that is always available. When We stop to Smile, he has a statement on his website, and it is, The wind gives us back what we put out. And it's very, very interesting to think of that concept, because the name of his book is Into the Wind, My Six-Month Journey Wandering the World for Life's Purpose. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jake Ducey to 1111 Talk Radio, and I'd like to congratulate you, number one, on the tour that you're making around the country, sharing your very, very powerful message, but on top of that, the fact that your book is released and it's already hit bestseller status in three categories. So congratulations, Jake.
2: Thank you so much. It's so great to be with you.
1: I want to begin by letting people understand what led you to choosing to take a journey like that. What were some of the things that really made you stop and say, I have to take this risk because I can't stay where I am any longer?
2: Well, I had flipped my car four times 400 feet down a ravine while I was drunk and almost killed myself. And I was, I was heavily using substances, lots of pills, and that led me on a journey of self-help books. I realized I was just filling myself with mental concepts after about a year. I was learning it. I knew the possibilities and knew what was out there, yet I was doing less than my wildest dreams. I said, well... You know, we're only alive once, and I'm going to look back and either regret my life or enjoy it. So why not live it? Why not step courageously towards my dreams? Why not see if these actually exist, if this is real, that we can do anything? So it was really just proving a hypothesis to myself, more or less.
1: But that's a big leap for a lot of people to take, uh, to say that, you know, I really can just go live my dreams. I can just do anything that I want to do, because how do you... How do you first move beyond the practicalities of life? How do you first uh, step out of, of saying, uh, okay, I'm going to leave school or I'm going to leave my job or I've got a family or I've got children or I have all these responsibilities? What really made helped you to take those steps and not listen to the negative self-talk or, or not have any? Did you have that kind of talk going on inside of your head and around you?
2: Great question. Yes, I absolutely had it. I absolutely had it. And, you know, I just want to touch on that. The message of my book isn't to travel around the world. My message is that I fell off a cliff and realized that everything I was looking for was within myself. There's nowhere we need to go for opportunity. It's always here, right now. And so fear, nervousness, that's a part of part of the human experience, an innate part. And you know, it can do one of two things. It can paralyze us or it can it can inspire us. It can catapult us to action. So I just, you know, I was told by a friend that most of us are gambling on the biggest risk of all, the bet, that we can buy the freedom to do what we want later in life. I realized that's what I was doing. I was planning for a future that may never come. And so I asked myself, what has the highest reward for me? I feel like if we can ask ourselves that instead of what's the greatest risk or what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen between decision A, B, C, and D? Which one has the best? Which one's the best for me, and which one's the best way I can serve others? And then make our decision based off that, because we're making a decision out of love, out of possibilities, rather than the fear of failure.
1: That's that's huge, because it really is reframing the questions, because so many people first think about how they're going to fail or what they're going to lose or what they have to risk. And you're saying that instead of that perspective, that we move into the perspective of what can I gain, what opportunity will it afford me, What will? It, how will it allow me to expand and grow. And that all of a sudden uh, opens. seems like it would open the horizon for so much more. Were there certain synchronicities or opportunities that opened up just by you allowing yourself to think in that way instead?
2: Oh, absolutely. An example of that is right now with my book being number one in three categories, and you know when we're making an action out of out of love, we're trusting in something we can't see, and when we trust in something we can't see it always reveals itself That's what faith is, and so incredible things happened from you know the journey while I was traveling to after while the process of publishing and you know. I had met a shaman in Guatemala who told me everything about my life with such accuracy I was shaking on the ground crying and I didn't plan this I didn't I didn't plan to meet this specific man and so that's just one example of what happens when we take an action in love you know when we rephrase the question because you know we're going to get an answer that's not beneficial for asking ourselves what's the worst that could happen then our mind's going to tell us that
1: Well, and I also found very powerful in the book was that one of the large aha moments came to you while you were sitting in a classroom and being instructed. And so often, uh, initially, our lives are from that instruction, from teachers, from books, from, from those sources that supposedly know all. How did that moment really help to determine also that this is something that you needed to do?
2: Yeah, well, truth doesn't come from hierarchies like we think but it comes from our own heart. And I realized that all I was doing was taking things from outside of myself instead of looking within. The Latin word, the base of education, means to draw from within. And I realized all I was doing was regurgitating from without.
1: And when you made that choice to listen to these different boulders that were showing up in your life and telling you that something needed to change, Was there any fear that became involved in in taking such a large leap? Because it seems like there would have to be some that would surround you. And what did you do with that?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, that goes, I I had major fears. What if this completely fails and it ruins my whole life, (laughs) you know? And, you know, it goes back to rephrasing the question, you know, what's the best that could happen? And I had to focus on that. You know, when we do exemplify trust in things, it really does show itself, except for most of us just don't take the action to really exemplify the faith.
1: Now, when you began this journey, was this a journey where you were covered already in terms of the financial and any type of security that you would need to make sure that everything was taken care of, or was this truly a leap of faith into the unknown? Um, allowing yourself to see what the universe could provide for you?
2: It was a combination of the both. And I had initial money. However, I lost all my bank cards in Australia. So I traveled through the last two months without any bank cards. I had no money in Indonesia. And a family took me in in the concrete tilt-ups. And I did, you know, have money saved that would last me for a while. But I fell off a cliff in Indonesia, and I realized there was nothing I was looking for in the world. So it was a combination of the both. It was like life wanted me to experience both. And then when I lost all my money was when I was taken in by some locals.
1: Just recently released is Jake Ducey's book, Into the Wind, My Six-Month Journey Wandering the World for Life's Purpose. Without a map or a plan, 19-year-old Jake Ducey left behind a drug-fueled life and college basketball scholarship to wander the world in search of meaning. His spiritual adventure resulted in this debut book, and through his fearless journey without money and near death, Jake shows that we can find our dreams by following our heart and letting our spirit be guided by the wind journeying from Guatemala where he encounters a chance meeting with a Mayan shaman and volunteers with orphans to finding himself backpacking and living in a tent in Australia to nearly losing his life in Indonesia and finally ending up at a 14 day silent meditation retreat in Thailand, Jake shows that our destiny is in reach if we only look within ourselves first. He finds that everything he was seeking in the world was within him the whole time. Miracles and synchronicities abound and his life becomes a true chronicle of what is possible when we surrender to life with an open heart and humility again the book is into the wind and it is by Jake Ducey you can find out more at jakeducey.com that's j-a-k-e-d-u-c-e-y.com this is a book for one and all I would say that you need to read it you need to let your kids read it this is about letting yourself believe in dreams again and knowing that dreams are something waiting to happen we'll be right back with Jake Ducey
0: Out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voiceamericatrn have you seen 1111 do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life 11 11 22 33 444 discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living 1111 magazine order now at www.1111mag.com 1111mag.com this is the 7th wave channel on the voice america network
1: I want to invite you to visit my website, simran sing.com or 1111mag.com, where you can register for free subscriptions to 1111 Magazine. It is incredibly powerful, and the March April issue is out right now with some beautiful. Articles from amazing individuals such as David Ison, Gabrielle Bernstein, Christine Arello, and many others. Some amazing messages for this particular one that has to do with the mystery and the mastery. So allow yourself to engage with 1111 Magazine, see all of its beautiful images, its powerful words, and much, much more. And in the May-June issue, we will also be featuring an article on Jake Ducey, who's our guest today, in on his new book, Into the Wind. So definitely Go ahead and get your free subscription so that you can tap into all of the amazing voices that are speaking to us and allowing us to shine our own light in a brighter way. Without a map, 19-year-old Jake Ducey leaves behind a drug-filled life and college basketball scholarship to wander the world and prove we can find our dreams by following our heart. On the outskirts of civilization... Often uncertain without money and near death, he finds that everything he was seeking in the world was within him the whole time. Journeying from Guatemala to Australia, Indonesia to Thailand, and ending with 14 days of silent meditation, he shows that our destiny is in reach if we only look within ourselves. Welcome back, Jake. I'd like to talk about um, some of the doubts or some of the fear that may have come up during the course of this journey, Uh, I'm assuming this was completely alone, and something like that could bring up a lot of other kinds of conversations on the inside. Can you talk a little bit about that part of the journey?
3: Oh, yes, definitely. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was I was... I had a dream to go to Indonesia while I was sleeping in Australia, and so the next morning I booked a plane to Indonesia, and when I was set to leave, I, my flight was delayed, and I was sitting in the airport, Australian airport for about eight hours. I knew nothing about Indonesia at all, and I realized I lost my wallet with everything in it except for my passport and about $25. So after you buy a visa in Indonesia you you know, it's about twenty bucks, so I would have had about three, five dollars left. And it was the weekend so the banks were gonna be closed for three days. But I felt this thing inside of me to, to get on the plane and do that and that goes back to what I was saying about everything is a risk and so it's really what's the highest reward and so i weighed that with myself and i decided to get on the plane and i was pretty scared when i did that because i didn't know i knew nothing about indonesia i didn't know what was going to happen i didn't know where i was staying and you actually have to know where you're staying to get into indonesia so i filled out a fake address on the immigration form and i was very scared and but I knew that there was a higher reward, and so what I realized is that when we 're faced with fear and when we 're faced with doubt, you know that there's an opportunity to either really focus on that or see that there actually is a higher reward and and remember and remember that to and draw the emotion from that rather than the emotion from the doubt and the emotion from the fear and One of my heroes who wrote the foreword to my book, Laird Hamilton, he's a world champion, big wave surfer, he told me that you can't expect to ride the wave if you aren't willing to catch it. That you can't expect to ride the wave if you aren't even willing to catch it. That Everybody's scared, and it's just a matter of if we're going to let it paralyze us or if we're going to let it catapult us to action.
1: That's that's hugely powerful, and oftentimes when those doubts and things come up, there is a voice of intuition that will speak to us, and we either choose to listen or not listen to it. Can you tell the audience kind of how you knew when it was your intuitive voice speaking to you versus the voice of the ego or the voice of fear or something else? How did you know what to listen to and what not to
3: yeah, well, you know, I, 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 it's funny because I, I make, I make a little bit more impulsive, in, intuitive decisions than a lot of people, and pretty much how I weigh it is, is whether one is speaking to me, it, whether one is speaking to me from illness. You know, if you do this, if you, if you. Stay up this many more hours to work on what you 're doing your prob- your immune system's probably going to going to start to not feel well when really it's you know it 's just another hour, another two hours or or anything in regards to lack or scarcity if you buy if you buy this then you 're only going to have this much. Yes, it's also important to keep in mind that if we only have $500, we can't spend $10,000. But the things that are realistically within, within our budget of experience, not just in terms of our economic budget, but our, our, our budget of experience. And so when I look at my situations, it's easy for me to tell whether I'm making something out of, out of fear of not wanting to come out of what has been ordinary from for me and what has the opportunity to go into the extraordinary. So my intuition is usually the one that's telling me of how great the reward for something is.
1: That's really, really powerful because I think so many times we want to discount the voice that speaks to us and we easily fall into that place of, of the practicality or the fear or allowing ourselves to believe that it's just easier to take the lesser road rather than the higher road. And it it obviously seems as if you are an adventurer in life, someone who is willing to live this experience as the adventure that it was intended to be for all of us. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) What do you think was the most profound part of this six-month journey for you?
3: Two things. One, when I fell off a cliff in Indonesia and almost died, and I realized there was nothing in the world that I was looking for. As somebody jumped off after me, a local, and I started crying when I saw him jump off after me, and it was the most incredible thing I can consciously remember somebody doing for me. And that's to mind that I was not. I, I don't consciously remember my mom giving birth to me. And what that made me see is is truly that that we are here to be of service to other people. And to truly experience that was really a remarkable thing. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I decided after I fell to end with 14 days silent meditation in Thailand because I realized, again, that there was nothing I was looking for. I didn't want to lug my bags around anymore. And what I saw in silent meditation, you know, it was 10 to 12 hours of meditation a day for 14 days. And the first days, it was pretty tough. And what I realized was that it only had to be tough if I was going to continue to think that, that I was my thoughts, that I was, you know, that I was this attachment to my, to my senses, to, to the feelings in my body that yes, they exist, but when I could just sit and breathe with them, that they would come and go just, just like the wind. And, those were really the two most profound experiences of my life. That I, that that one, I saw truly that we're here to be of service, and two, I saw that we're more than what we see in the mirror.
1: And as far as your greatest challenge through that period, what do you think your your largest obstacle was?
3: Well, if we're if we're speaking of of the entire journey, my greatest obstacle was actually every. Pretty much every single person that I met, probably 99% of people, told me I couldn't write a book. And then once I finished it, they told me that I couldn't publish the book. So that's actually, in the last two years, was my greatest obstacle. I didn't have a lot of, of big obstacles on my journey. I guess the hardest obstacle sometimes is to truly embrace the the enough self-love to be able to say no to people and oftentimes for me that was saying no to to other people's company that buddha says it's better to travel alone than in bad company and you know sometimes you come across some people that (laughs) <laughs> aren't, aren't exactly the the people that you want in your life, and to say no, and and that doesn't always mean say no. It, sometimes it just means to walk away. And so that and and publishing the book were were probably the two biggest challenges of the last few years of my life.
1: And in the course of that, what do you think was the the great lesson, the greatest lesson, uh, whether it was through the journey or in the publishing of the book, and also the greatest gift.
3: Yeah, the, the greatest the greatest lesson was that I I realized that that boldness is one of the highest forms of genius. That I, I actually got published because I, I had heard of my my agent Bill Gladstone, who is the number one literary agency in the world, and launched a lot of the careers for people was was involved in the launching of the careers of a lot of the best selling authors in my niche. And I found his address online and I went and knocked on his front door and what I realized and, and, it, and it ended up being a high reward. And so what I realized was that boldness is really one of the most essential, one of the most essential qualities that, that, it, that we need to develop in order to further on the journey of our dreams.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. You've met so many people along the way, um, and I'm sure you've impacted them with who you have been and the boldness and courage that you have illustrated in just going to other countries and taking a leap of faith and living the life of your dreams to be able to find your dreams. Who impacted you the most along this journey?
3: The the, the quote-unquote shaman that I met in Guatemala, actually, he... He has a really, an an extraordinary, quote-unquote, superhuman gift. He doesn't use, he doesn't even drink alcohol. And he developed these, these abilities after there was the Civil War down in Guatemala, and the government troops were basically rounding up people and digging holes in the ground and and throwing them in the ground and he was left in a hole in the ground for five days without food and water when he was a child about seven years old and he connected with source with life with what they call Dios in in Spanish he connected with that then and his whole life is devoted in order to bringing back the Mayan culture to his to his village to San Marcos which is part of like Attilan. And one time I saw, we went to his house. I went to his house every morning to meditate and things like that. And one morning he couldn't do it with me because he was actually giving away everything in his house to the people in the village who didn't even have a home. And so he really, he really showed me what, what it meant to truly be of service to other people.
1: My guest today is Jake Ducey, and he has written Into the Wind. It is his six-month journey wandering the world for life's purpose. As you go through this book, he talks about moments where he faced death, moments where he faced Loving Hearts, Beautiful Courage, and Great Beauty, Moments of Silence and Moments of Lots of Chatter. It's a wonderfully written book, and it really will take you on a journey with him. It's it's much like Eat, Pray, Love or The Alchemist in, in Jake's own words, in his own story and through his own soul journey. You can find out more about Jake Ducey at jakeducey.com. And again, the name of the book is Into the Wind, My Six-Month Journey Wandering the World for Life's Purpose. We'll be right back with Jake Ducey.
0: Discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living. 1111 magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Welcome back. I'd love for you to take the time to visit the website simrin-sing.com or 1111mag.com. You can find all of the offerings there. Register for the free newsletter free 1111 magazine, or tap into any of the archive shows for 1111 talk radio or interviews on the lighter side. So definitely access all of those resources. They are my gift to humanity. In addition, there is the Matrix Online Coaching Program if you are liking some support or some additional resources to further you on your own journey. In addition to an excursion to Machu Picchu, which is destined to be a most beautiful sacred retreat of master meeting master. So definitely take a look at that, simran singcom or 1111mag.com. We are talking to Jake Ducey today, and one of the most profound things he says is, what's your risk? Is it more of a risk to stay where you are or more of a risk to leap beyond that? Which one gives you the greatest reward? That is really the ultimate answer that you're looking for, and that is the one that should guide you. He has written Into the Wind, which is really his story over a six-month period of wandering the world to really challenge and allow his own life purpose and his own wisdom to come through him. And then the journey began upon his return where he was able to write this book and allow that to be a gift to the world. In addition, he is touring with the book and, and having a lot of speaking engagement so that you can go to his website and find out about all of the places that he will be speaking. In addition to his new philanthropic endeavors, he has the nonprofit organization entitled Self Reliance Institute to support giving back to those less fortunate. He's already raised money to sponsor the building of a home and school for orphans in Guatemala and he regularly works with the homeless communities in downtown San Diego. So definitely go to his website, jakeducey.com. Uh, his book is uh, available, and in April 2013, he will start a multi-city Inspire My Generation tour, so definitely tap into all of the things that he's offering. Um, Jake, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what inspired you towards this more altruistic endeavor of raising money for orphans that you met in Guatemala and and this Self-Reliance Institute that you've created.
3: Well, you know, firstly, I'd just like to say that that was, that largely happened because of the original, the original destination of my journey, the first one to Guatemala, where I saw children, you know, that didn't really even, you know, they didn't even have a change of clothes, they didn't have, they didn't have proper, dental care. It was, it was really, it was, it was really an incredible experience in that. And it was just like, how do people live like that in the world when we're just printing money out of nowhere and it can't even go to them. And so that was the first, that was the first feeling inside of me that I was supposed to do it. And then in, in terms of your question, furthering in that, you know, I, I, I look at altruism like a, It's like a paradox because we we look at it like, oh, I'm supposed to be here to help another person. But really, at least for me, you know, I think service actually it actually starts for a lot of us by seeing that it's actually the way that most fulfills us. So it's a paradox in that we're giving to other people, but we're actually giving to ourselves at the same time. And I think that's the way that it starts, at least for a lot of people that I know in terms of, in terms of community service or, or, their, or their life's purpose to give back to other people, is that they've lived a life that, that never fulfilled them. And so for me, I lived a life that didn't fulfill me. And when I had the opportunity to give back to somebody else just one time, I realized that it was actually the thing I was looking for to do to fulfill me. And so then it starts to build from there. And so it was actually a combination of of one seeing seeing the discrepancy of, of resources around the world and how it's just... It's it's beyond words, and to seeing that giving back to this was actually a way that I could actually fill the void in myself that I had that I had felt for so long.
1: I, I have always believed that uh, in myself, and, and discovered that piece of wisdom as I created Eleven Eleven Magazine that we truly have to see what fulfills and, and feeds us first, because then we become the gift in the world that is able to do so much more and then feed others. And so I think that that's truly powerful that you also came to that same conclusion. Tell me a little bit about how being the example of change and of goodwill and of courage and boldness, how that has has affected some of the individuals in your life, some of the naysayers, some of the people that perhaps thought you um, were, we're doing something a little bit too crazy, or had any of the comments that maybe they had had in the beginning.
3: Well, actually, I pretty much lost every single one of my friends when I left because they all thought I was crazy, and pretty much, you know, pretty much every single one of my friends. And what I've come to realize is that actually, really, the greatest way to inspire someone isn't to talk about it; is literally to close your mouth and just start and just start doing it. And first that was, you know, I, I, and I realized, I realized that the hard way I, I'd say, you know, I'm going to write a book and then, and nothing really would happen in terms of inspiring people. But now I have the book and then it's like, wow. So I've actually, I've actually witnessed, you know, probably out of my 20 best friends, 19 of them quit talking to me and actually probably 15 of them in the last, Eight months have have contacted me to apologize and tell me that I'm not crazy, <laughs> and so I believe that that really it's 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 really essential for someone who's watching walking the path of service to not get caught up in the words because anyone can anyone can speak words. Again, that's how we started at the beginning that there's a difference between learning it and living it. And when we're truly living it, that's the most significant way to to really influence people. Like, for example, Gandhi when they did the Salt March, he may have said some things, but what we remember is the action of them literally going on the march. You know, and so to, to me, that it's it's really it's really imperative that we don't get caught up in the me- in the message in saying the message, but instead embodying the message.
1: Absolutely. I think that's truly powerful. Why do you consider yourself an activist, and what are the issues that really are at the very center of your heart and soul? Uh,
3: why do I consider myself an activist? Well, I, I don't know if I if I actually... I used to actually think that activism was something that I was doing to fill, to to fill a void. Before I left to travel, I was focused on a lot of the problems of the world, and I think that was largely because I didn't first have... The the fulfillment in my inner state and now that I have it it makes it a lot I feel that I'm more effective in engaging in debates about social or environmental or political things because I'm not attached to it anymore because I know that this world is temporary and so I actually, I think that term activism came because I was actually unlawfully detained by the government for three days in Washington D.C. with 65 other individuals protesting the Keystone XL oil pipeline. We had a permit to protest and the Secret Service came and uh, actually arrested us without charging us with a crime and we couldn't see judges or make phone calls for three days. And I think it, <laughs> it first came from there, but my, my the primary areas that I'm focused on is Keystone XL oil pipeline, and that's largely because I was involved in that. I was actually arrested as well with Jim Hansen, who's a chief climatologist for NASA, who said that if we pass this, it will essentially be end game for the climate. And so that's the foremost area of in the environment that I am passionate about. You know, I, I was studying economics and business in in college, and so another one is is ending is ending uh, the, the privatized control of our monetary system and those are really I think if we if we can just if we can just begin with those two you know our monetary system is not only affecting people here in in this world I mean in in North America but it's also it's also causing a ripple effect on on countries around the world and so i I, I really think my primary two focuses are on the environment and and ending the, the federal reserve
1: very good and for people that want to get involved and really follow a passion of their own and and they feel like they cannot or they don't have the courage or the boldness to really step out and do what they want to do what what advice can you offer them in terms of welling up that part of themselves that is able to move forward and at least take the small steps.
3: Yeah, well, it's funny because actually yesterday I was just walking around town and I I saw an old friend of mine who's actually reading an advanced copy of my book and she's told me, you know, this is really an incredible book, but what it's doing is it's actually making me realize that I'm wasting my life. What do I do? And. So that reminded me of your question and something that I I feel is really powerful is that we're usually not asking the right questions to ourselves. And so the question that I often invite myself and others to ask when we feel stuck is, imagine it's one year from now, what would have to happen in order for you to look back on your year and say it was the most fulfilling or the most wildly successful year to date? What would have to happen one year from now in order for you to look back and say it was the most successful or fulfilling year to date? And when we can just sit with that, you know, it, ask and we shall receive, when we can just sit with that, we'll slowly begin to, and, and we can sit down with a pen with that and, and start writing what comes to mind, we'll actually see that we actually do have an, a bit of an idea and a lot of times a pretty solid idea of what we want to do with our lives. And when I asked this woman the question, the very first thing she said is, I don't know. And then she sat and, and took a couple of breaths and she just started listing all these things. And I just found it really incredible. And so to, to, to get out of to answer your question, to get out of where we are, I often ask people to ask themselves that question because one, it, uh, when we have a large vision, when we have a long-term vision, it allows us to get over the short-term hurdles. But two, it it, it gives us something to look forward to every day, and so. I really believe that that's a very essential question, what would have to happen one year from now in order for you to look back and say it was the most wildly and successful year to date?
1: Well what would have to happen for one year for you to look back and know that you've lived the most wildly successful life to date? That is your question to write down. Moving forward does not mean attempting to trump your ego's will over the will of nature That only means that you cannot put a steak in a blender and expect to get green juice. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't mean moving forward to a specific destination because there is no destination. You have nowhere to go, only to cultivate what is already within you so you may reflect that in the outer world. Sometimes moving forward means sleeping in when you're tired. Other times it means going on the run when your feet are blistered and your legs ache. Sometimes it means reading in the morning, and sometimes it means staying up through the morning and working. These are words from Jake Ducey's Daily Ducey blog, and you can go to his website, jakeducey.com, and find out more about him, the tour that he has, his activism, and any of the other things that are going on. The book is entitled Into the Wind, and again, you can find out more about that at jakeducey.com. We'll be right back.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, 444. Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living, 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Not having a map, going around the world, living your life, experiencing yourself, allowing yourself to be guided by intuition, following your dreams, going beyond the boxes, the belief systems, and the confines that your life has to be more. Would you allow that for yourself? Or is that just a pipe dream? Is that just something that other people do? Well, Jake Ducey did it. He has gone into the wind, and he allowed himself a six-month journey wandering the world. He went everywhere from Guatemala to Australia to Indonesia to Thailand, met lots of people, experienced lots of things, went from the edge of life to the edge of death, and in the process of that, came back with great wisdom that he has written in a book entitled Into the Wind. This is an opportunity for you to start discovering what your risks and rewards are going to be for your own life what you're willing to have, and if you are willing to see what's outside but know that all that you need truly is on the inside. Jake, um, what does it feel like to be so young and clear about what you want to do with your life? I think it's really fascinating the number of young people that are coming forward, and they have – such a degree of clarity and knowingness and it, and it seems connection that so many generations of the past have struggled to try to attain throughout the course of their lives.
3: Yeah, well, thanks. And you know, it's I mean it, it's definitely gratitude, you know, because we didn't do it alone and something that that somebody once told me, he was he was the guy I really admire was speaking about this exact thing to me and he told me that age has no license on wisdom that your age does not determine what what you feel what you know what you see and how connected you are to yourself and so it is really it's really inspiring to see that there are there are a lot of young people that are really getting clear about what it, what what is most important to them And the beautiful thing about that is, given that everything is is a reflection, that that's going to not only reflect more into, quote-unquote, older generations, but more people in between as well.
1: And do you think that that is the audience that you are attracting, that that is the audience that um, you are the mentor for or the voice for so that they can uh, more strongly tap into what their dreams and intuition is and follow that?
3: I think both. I think, I think actually I I was surprised when I had my galley copies for my book that the, the really, really the, the people that were, that were crying about it were actually people that were older than, older than 40. And I, I also, I also am embracing, I I feel the story format. So often there's self-help books and 12 steps to this or steps to that. And a lot of people can't relate to that because it's not in a story format and my book is it's a story and so i feel like yes i am i am open to embracing being a voice for my for my generation but i also think that the story has a voice of its own and so that's what i i'm so excited about the opportunity for you know, for the book, but also my goal is that this is a major Hollywood motion picture, and I'm really excited that the story speaks for itself.
1: Beautiful. And if if there are people that want to get involved in your Self-Reliance Institute or support you in some kind of way, what are the needs that you would most ask for right now from people, or or where, (laughs) where does Jake Ducey need support?
3: Jake, Jake Ducey needs fiscal support right now,
1: <laughs> but uh,
3: also, you know, we're we're just looking for we're looking for anyone, you know. There's a there's a plethora of ways that we can influence this world, and in terms of in terms of Jake Ducey's mission, he he needs support one fiscally and two in in organizational aspects. Organization is not my forte. I I, my 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 forte is in in holding larger visions, and so those are kind of two primary areas, actually. And you know, Jake Ducey also feels supported, not even when people reach out to me, but just when people are doing what they love to do, because you can feel that within yourself when there's when when there's more when the current is is starting to go with us more for for a collective, and so just doing what we love to do is is it's a beautiful thing when you come across somebody who wants who wants nothing but but to do what they love to do with their life
1: and what's next for you? Because typically that's the question that will come out, and we live in a society where it's always about what's the next thing, what's the next yeah. hurdle. Have you done that to yourself? Have you said, oh, gosh, I've accomplished this, and now I've done this book, and now there has to be something else? How do you deal with that not creeping in?
3: Yeah, well, it's definitely funny. I've, I mean, I've noticed it in myself, and I, I've noticed it in other people talking about it too, and... Sometimes I even sometimes I even think you know you hear about young people that got really famous or successful at a young age and you know and people people are saying to me like what if you just never achieve anything more than what you're going to achieve in the next couple of years and it's like well I mean that would still be a pretty good life you know so I mean what I do look ahead to what's next but I if we are what we do when we don't we're not. If we are what we do, then we don't. We're not. I know that what I do isn't who I am, so I, it allows me to be able to look forward and not be, not be, not have my happiness determined by the outcomes. I mean, what's next for me is—I mean, my goals to have a <laughs> have a book that reaches millions of people and a major motion picture, and I know that that's not who I am. And so it allows me to be able to look forward to it. So I I guess the primary tool is, is that really beautiful one sentence is that if you are what you do, when you don't, you're not. And so when, when we're, when, when we're threatened with having to look past the present, and whether that's coming from ourselves or from other people, when we, When we can remember that those future outcomes aren't going to determine our true intrinsic value, then we can be able to approach them without fear, actually.
1: That's wonderful. And I would love for you to just share with everyone one more time what you really feel is the core message that you desire to get out into the world.
3: Yeah, the core message that I would like to get out to the world is is actually very, very simple, and I believe that the surest way to change the world, to change the systems of living that we have, is that we have to, when possible, quit jobs that we don't love doing, and that brings us to risks, and Everything is actually is a risk. It's a risk to stay at a job you don't like, study a subject you don't like. That's a risk. It's also a risk to to quit doing those things. And so the question, you know, that that you so beautifully asked a few times is, what then is the highest reward? Not only for yourself, not not just what's the highest reward that I can get from this, but. What's the highest reward you can give the world that the world will receive, that other people will receive, that millions of people will receive from you stepping into the unknown? And so that's what I'd like to share is that usually the highest reward is, is us stepping outside of what, we, what we've been accustomed to doing, and that's the surest way to, to transform the world.
1: Very powerful. What is the highest reward that you are willing to give yourself and the world? Jake Ducey says that he wanted to prove that we are more powerful than we've been led to believe. And when we leap toward our destiny for the highest good of all, the whole world unfolds for us. Once we do this, we transform that world. And hopefully by reading his book, many people will realize that they can set a goal, obtain it, and consciously create their reality. Whatever you envision, you can accomplish. Is what Jake Ducey believes. Now, a certified yoga instructor and self proclaimed activist, Jake is determined to make a difference in the world. Inspired by the joyful spirit of the children he met in third world countries, Jake has started a nonprofit organization entitled Self Reliance Institute to support giving back to those less fortunate. He's already raised money to sponsor the building of a home and school for orphans in Guatemala, and he regularly works with the homeless communities in downtown San Diego. A percentage of his book's proceeds will go towards philanthropic endeavors by Jake's charity. You can definitely find out more about this amazing young man at his website, jakeducey.com. That's J-A-K-E-D-U-C-E-Y.com. And again, the name of the book is Into the Wild, My Six-Month Journey Wandering the World for Life's Purpose. Until next time, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thanks, Jake Ducey, for being with us on 1111 Talk Radio.